0: Bake a cake in the eye of a storm. To feed yourself sugar on the cusp of danger. Fidewa. Valetian Noodle Paella Generous two pounds One kilogram fish scraps One onion spiked with bay leaf and one clove Salt and pepper Five black peppercorns Four tablespoons olive oil Two onions diced Two cloves of garlic, diced. One ripe tomato, skinned and diced. Fourteen ounces, 400 gram, monkfish filet. One teaspoon, mild paprika. One tablespoon, chopped parsley. Fourteen ounces, fideuah. make a rich fish stock out of the fish scraps 6 cups 1.5 liters water the spiked onion salt and peppercorns Heat 2 tablespoons oil in the paella pan and sweat the onion and garlic until translucent then add the tomatoes and pour in three and a half cup, 800 milliliter fish stock. Bring to a boil and add the fish. Season with paprika and parsley. Stir the noodles and then season with salt and pepper. Simmer until the stock has almost all boiled away. Meanwhile, fry the Norway lobsters and shrimp in remaining oil. Arrange the seafood over the noodles, and finally cook for another five minutes in the preheated oven at 345 degrees Fahrenheit, 175 degrees Celsius. If Mr. Swallow really died of a bad oyster, he was a most miserable man for some hours, certainly. The bad oyster itself was rotten to his taste, so that he knew as soon as he had eaten it that he was wrong. Perhaps he worried a little bit about it, and then forgot and ate other things to rub the coppery taste from his tongue. Two or five or six hours, though, he remembered. He felt faint, and cold fingers watered over his skin so that he reeled and shivered. Then he was sick, violently and often. He could barely lift his head, for the weakness and the dreadful cramps in his belly, his bowels surged so that he felt they would drain his very heart out of him. And God, he was thirsty. Thirsty. I'm dying, he thought. And even in his woe, he regretted it, and he did not believe it. But he died. The ice has become weak in the glass. The drink has gone watery. It is the edge of scotch where personality and banality coexist. Eros whiffs in and out of the night like it does the glass, and you take the rest of the drink like an oyster. Chomp, chomp, chomp on the lifeless cube. Gobble, guzzle, dribble, the water-flavored peat This small death, opportunity, birth, incarnation. No, 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 no. Your purse is hollow, its plastic strings lifeless, and you are financially naked but for an amulet of magical enterprise. A CFO's spirit, trapped in the sap of olive trees, a modern sorcery, magic? block chained to your ankle. Everywhere you go is the main attraction. You reach down, grab it, and trade your last. Possession for another drink. The barman achingly opens the scotch, tilts nirvana to heaven, and the scent envelops every inch of your being. A deafening scent from the bottle to your head like it's underwater the water, scent and your head, your head amber traded for amber with the smells of comical pine sweet like a lighter on Palo Santo in a seaside van at trestles wetsuit left on the floor minerals between your nostrils neoprene's long life off gas the chemical of our alchemy, the distiller, the chemist. Running downwind of your drink, still deaf on the scent, your body collides with another, head first onto their shoulder, top of your head on their chin, your shoulder hitting their breast. Your face slows to their neck, and your cheek gently conforms to their shape. Still moving in underwater time, the rest of your body steadies itself with a little recoil. You are the Oing in Boy. voracious as you were for a drink, warms to this person like to the death of a duck. You imagine your teeth, gently pulling them from this scotch-happy surf-fest and bringing them back to your master, bodies whipping, jerking, and bouncing through the salt marsh and seagrass. They submissive to your mouth, you tender with your task to deliver. Fantasy secured, head out of the water, saliva gulped back. You watch as they take your drink, their eyes locked in a duel, but you don't care. They tempt a sniff, feign a gulp, your eyes well with kindness. They sip with the flaunting temptation. They lean into your ear and snap their teeth. Recoil, pour a little on their chest. Rubbing the glass across their foreheads, they spit at your feet. Your smile grows wild, and with eager eyes of acceptance, like that of a trip sitter, you say, My gift is myself for you forever. I will never harm you. They dismissively chortle the drink with a ghoulish fever, breaking a sweat of nervousness and glory. The short end. Reaching your arms around their spiteful and triumphant body, you give them a hug and open the door of the metaphorical minivan. The shell of your socially facing persona is now behind you. You are pure light. Beaming your light between the two tits of hills, the DJ is settled in the cleavage. Frenetic little diddles and bleeps bounce out of the dystopian, valeric melange of solsters and psychonotic tech grifters. Sound bouncing off the 20 foot tall teenage sand castles, the soft sand and ocean breeze temper the music. You bump into your CFO, shirtless with wild, untamed numbers sweating from his pores. 4,263.89 and 42 million and a half. Six and seven. One and three quarters. Absolutes and deficits. For once, your technos collide in communal armpit hair cowboy mules and squealing neo-yeehaws of the midnight. Roasted squab, sun bathed, speculose cured duck breast, and grapefruit jelly. Seaweed, oh. hamachi, poke, doki, and warm sake. Is under Boo Bright. The large dome room has the same contours of the breast's exterior. When entering, the walls and ceiling softly slope from the ground up to an impression of the nipple. In the back of the room, the plump gravity-filled curve flows seamlessly into the floor. The surface of the wallslash ceiling are covered in a velvet brown fog like a cold room in a gym Bang. The fog is illuminated with a burnt umber glow emanating from crystal balls on wizard staffs. Staffs, seven foot tall, gnarled wood, are jammed into the ground in five concentric points in the room, creating a pentagrammic energy whirling in the dance floor between them. The warm skin tone hue fills the room, and a twirling blue light show transforms the space into a type of inverted disco ball. Neon pink light emanates from the recesses around the edge of the room, like the eyeliner of this makeup tutorial color palette. The uneasy disco dizzies you, amplifying your drinks, You breathe deeply and druggily. The actual bar, like a long balloon held between two hands, thumbs pushing it outwards until creased. The shape. Suspended in stainless steel, made human size and polished for years before setting in place. Projected in lasers on this Koonsian bar is the name of the club: Good Nature. The font is made up of pyramidal shapes with stark standard geometry and little hints of pyramid texture. The laser's beams are illuminated by the damp, vaporized cherry juice and the energetic smoke of Palo Santo. Inhale a breath of spiritual cough syrup. Exhale a slight of darkness from within your soul. A good jute-woven rug lines the floor. The jute is woven into little smiling Buddha faces, forever content in the face of feet. It's a shoeless place with the heels and healing done from the ground up. Buddha's nature is rooted through your feet. The electric Buddha light show mirroring your spiritual smile. Lipstick of ground cured plums with French kisses of blueberry and vermouth. Pork loin dusted with almond and rose and topped with rosemary cream. Vanilla spot prawns and a citrus bisque. Boob left is a sand pile through and through. Boulder dust trekked and blown, drifting a lift to this beachside boob. A global congregation of time, minerality, and flow. The bio natural rearrangement of material into a harmonious pile. Echoes and sensuous thoughts and shapes, hard-ons and butts, tits and tummies. The servers wear sapphire blue panties, midnight black chaps, creamsicle tangerine rash guards, and natural wood cloths. With thong-matched lipstick and panda eyes, a server hands you a cocktail of chartreuse and sake. She smells of fresh-cut steel and nutmeg. You take a sip, and like the sand and stones rearranging on the earth, your mind slips into a poetic flow, realigning. You tilt your head left and feel your mind sand slowly slide, filling the cavity of your head, pulling your mind deeper and deeper, filling the itch of vacancy, rolling your neck and tilting your head forward. You fill the front of your skull with sand of the mind bending head to earth until you almost tip your little body over. Stopping just before you fall, seeing and sawing your mind and body. A deep breath, and you look with your eyes to nirvana, tilting your head back, slipping the weight of your mind sand back behind your body arcing into a limbo, go lower, go lower, go low. Your sand, heavy in head, blood filling your cheeks. You slowly tilt your head to center and shift the sands of mine to the right Feeling the sand drift and gain momentum pulling your mind down light beaming from the top of your head, drifting sandily in and out of yourself. You watch a 50-year-old day trader fumble some fiery devil sticks, spinning and whooping, her fascination intent and amused, her button down, button down a bit, sleeves let loose, and her sly little tongue knowingly conducting the flame-flipping symphony of balance. The gentle momentum and rhythm of an unpopular pastime. She's off on the side, boot, obsessed with keeping it alive. Her singular focus, grounded through her feet in the sand of the earth. The devil may be in the sticks, party to which everyone brings the most stupid person they know. The person who comes up with the most stupid one wins. A risky bet, as you can never be sure with stupidity. It is unlikely an intelligent man will not say something silly in the course of the evening, nor that a stupid person will not say something clever, or simply keep silent which will turn things around and make the person who brought them seem ridiculous. The person who brought them is no longer the person you thought they were. Calamare reinos, Stuffed squid Four medium-sized fresh squid Three cloves of garlic, finely diced One onion, finely chopped Two tablespoons, finely chopped parsley Four and a half ounce smoked ham finely diced, two tablespoons breadcrumbs, one egg, salt and pepper, one teaspoon mild paprika, flour for coating, four tablespoons olive oil, two ripe tomatoes skinned and diced, Juice of half lemon half cup white wine. Clean the squid thoroughly, then cut the tentacles into small pieces. Mix the tentacles with two cloves of garlic, half the onion, parsley, the ham, breadcrumbs, and egg. Season the mixture with salt, pepper, some paprika and stuff into the squid body. Then, close the openings by using wooden picks to pierce the flesh. Toss the stuffed squid into flour. Heat the oil in a deep pan and brown the squid on all sides. Remove from the pan, and sweat the remaining garlic and onion in the oil until translucent. Stir in the diced tomato and the remaining parsley. Season with the remaining paprika and lemon juice. Return the squid to the pan. Pour in the wine and bring to a boil. Simmer covered on a low heat for about one hour. Season with salt and pepper before serving. A variation. Squid can also be stuffed with various other foods such as ground meat, monkfish, seafood, or ham and mushrooms. To a certain extent, he is even dirty because he is an artist. For food, to look smart needs dirty treatment. When a steak, for instance, is brought up for the head cook's inspection, he does not handle it with a fork, he picks it up in his fingers and slaps it down, runs his thumb around the dish and licks it to taste the gravy runs it around and licks again, then steps back and contemplates the piece of meat like an artist judging a picture, Alex Tyson then presses it lovingly into place with his fat pink fingers, every one of which he has licked a hundred times that morning. When he is satisfied, He takes a cloth and wipes his fingerprints from the dish and hands it to the waiter. And the waiter, of course, dips his fingers into the gravy, his nasty, greasy fingers, which he is forever running through his brilliantined hair. Whenever one pays for more than, say, ten francs for a dish of meat in Paris, one may be certain that it has been fingered in this manner. Ooh, no patio.